Hello, Podwalkers, and welcome to another episode of the Goblin Lore Podcast. Uh, I am Hobbs Q, and before we get started today, I just want to make sure that we thank the Grinding Coffee Company um, for being a, just, you know, letting us partner with them, offering kind of a discount to all of you listeners out there. We have links in our uh, Twitter bio at the Goblin Lore Pod. Um, and just Goblin, uh, sorry, the Grinding Coffee Company is a, a minority-owned LGBT-ran coffee company that is partnered with gamers. And we're just so thankful to kind of have that relationship with them. So, yeah. So want to make sure we got that out of the way. And want to start us off with doing some introductions. Uh, Alex and I are joined by a guest today. So we are joined by Nathan. Nathan, do you want to just go ahead and do a quick introduction? We normally do uh, pronouns. And then if you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself, because you're brand new to the first time being on this cast. Why, yes. Hello. Um, my name is uh, Nathan, um, at FNASTA on Twitter and out of mana on YouTube. Um, my pronouns are they, them. And... Um, I am a person who uh, likes and enjoys playing Magic, Modern, and Commander mostly. Um, and yeah, that's 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 my personality. I just live, breathe, and eat Magic. You know. <laughs> I mean, there's other things that I definitely have seen you post about. Uh, you know, I I believe you got your start doing uh doing some makeup tutorials and stuff too. Yes. Like there's a whole other element that I think is is cool within the magic community. No, I um I do have a beauty YouTube channel, but I'm kind of languishing at the moment. Um uh fashion Nate Sta. Um that's just fashion and then Nate and then Sta um on YouTube. I it's just a lot to try. Like, it's a lot for me to, like, commit to editing one video a week for one channel already. So trying to do two can get a little bit, can get a little bit dicey at times. But um, I'm hoping that um, I'm starting up college, or I'm starting, resuming college um, next month and getting my own place. And I'm hoping that when that happens, I can kind of get into a bit more of a workflow. And can you tell us a little bit? Do you mean you mentioned the YouTube channel and having to post or edit and post a video a week there? What is your kind of main focus for people that are listening so they can know what you do? Yeah, so um, for my makeup channel, it's really varied. Um, sometimes you're going to get some like commentary, sometimes you're going to get some makeup tutorials, sometimes you're just going to get live streams, just chatting, hanging out. Um, those are, I, I've recently been doing a bit more of live streams hanging out on that channel it's a lot easier for me to produce and it's a nice way for me to interact with my community um on my out of mana magic channel i haven't really settled into exactly a niche yet um i find myself a lot of the times doing kind of either modern or commander comment content whether it's kind of going through deck lists um, talking about how I feel um, decks have been performing. I know that I have a video recorded that I haven't sat down and fully edited, where it's me talking about how I feel like my modern decks have been doing in the last couple of FNMs. I, I think I'm going to start up a series, little sneak peek here, I guess, but I guess I'll probably have started, hopefully, the series before this episode goes up. So maybe less of a sneak peek. But... Um, I'm going to hopefully start doing Friday Night Magic recaps as like a weekly series because I feel like it's something that I can keep short, concise, and like produce. Um, 
And so I, I'll probably be doing that, just talking about whatever Friday Night Magic format I played. And then I'm going to hope to have maybe one other video talking about um, various other things going on in the community. You know, this week I might talk about me grieving over my precious merfolk being <laughs> unrightfully banned in Commander. And pirate. And my, my merfolk pirate. Is Your been, merfolk pirate. Has yeah. been murdered. No more yep. halls will be nope. breached. They, nope. All of the treasure... Look, Hall Breacher is a communist, okay? He he saw these ships holding <laughs> too many cards in their hands, okay? You had too many cards in your hand. You got greedy. You know what happens. We had to redistribute the wealth. He had to take the treasure, and we always spent that treasure, okay? We always spent you that know, treasure. <laughs> I think the problem is it wasn't so much a redistribution of wealth as a... Seizing the wealth for only <laughs> the whole breacher. Now, to be fair, <coughs> communal, so mm -hmm. there, there's a good chance that this this might have been. But, but yeah, it's hard to make that full claim. I am not sure that the whole breacher was seizing the means of production. Um, you know, I, I would like to. Whole breacher died for wheel of uh, fortune sins. We can just say it that way. <coughs> So yeah, potentially, yes. Anyways, anyways, <laughs> we, we, we this, this this comparison has gone a little bit off the rails. <laughs> yes. So welcome to the Goblin Lord Pod, and that I guess that means mm -hmm. that's a good time for Alex to introduce uh, yourself, Alex. Yeah. So um, I'll just make this quick because we're not here to listen to me right now. Um, I'm Alex Human, found on Twitter at Mel underscore Chronicler. My pronouns are he him. And I am Hobbsq. I can be found on Twitter at Hobbsq, and my pronouns are also he, him. So, um, Nathan, you approached, uh, you know, kind of had approached me a, w a while ago about mm -hmm. potentially collaborating, you know, kind of saying, you know, I like the product that you guys are putting out. I would like to be able to come on and talk. And so we've, we've been having a plan to record this for quite a while quite with a while numerous... Now. Yeah, numerous interruptions and incidents, kidney stones and, and yeah. incidents and <laughs> things we don't talk about. Um, yep. But all along, there was kind of at least a, a running current or thread of things that you wanted to kind of, that you approached yeah. us about. So well, I, I want you to kind of take the lead on that. Mm -hmm. like Because I think that this was a great idea and a great topic, and I think that you've done a great job of bringing it to us. Yeah. Um well, um, as I mentioned a little bit before, I am a non-binary person, um, and I um, happen to remember a little bit of a call-out, and I believe it was when Sheepwave was on, um, to kind of like, you know, wanting to talk a little bit more about like the non the trans non-binary experience in terms of relating to like magic lore and whatnot. Um, and I remember there being kind of a little bit of a touch on like Aetherborn and stuff. Um, I am personally a bit of a lore uh, buff. I did take a break when the uh, Chandra Nissa stuff happened. So um, <laughs> you do listen to the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I very much listen to the show. Um, I, 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 you know, I, you guys came out back a, a little bit before I did. I, um, like very, very shortly after the whole Chandra Nissa stuff happened, I just kind of, I still listen to some podcasts. Um, cause I, you know, I still liked you guys, but you guys were no longer creating content for a little bit. Um, but I still wanted to support, you know, like the lore goes, the Vorthos cast. So I, I stayed a little bit up to date, but 
just eventually just life and then the pandemic hit and then um but i didn't buy like any sort of magic product whatsoever um didn't really watch any videos about it didn't go to any tournaments for a good year and a half two years um and then didn't really start playing again until like kind of early this year um so there's a little bit of a lore cap i've since gone and listened to podcast catching me up a little bit more on Throne of Eldraine story and that kind of stuff. Um, I've read mo I've I've read most of Strixhaven story. Um, I've read all of the main stories, but I haven't. There's still I just didn't read the Killian side story. Um, which is <laughs> reasons that we can just leave to a previous episode um, yeah. with. Michelle uh, Michelle, and uh, Ryan, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, if you, if if you want to know why I decided to just skip that story, that there, there's a great episode for you. Um, so one of the things that I guess that really kind of I wanted to talk about was like the second that Aetherborn come out. I um I personally really love Aetherborn um because like b- before Aetherborn, really like the only non like. I'm using air quotes when I say non-binary representation here, um, was Ashiok. Um, And the reason that I use kind of air quotes around that non-binary representation is because Ashiok was very questionable whether he was ever really intended to be non-binary or whether like his, um, or whether Ashiok's whole, um, Ashiok's whole like, androgyny kind of thing was just supposed to be like a a like kind of add-on to ashiok's aesthetic yes um kind of a uh lack of gender or there Mm -hmm. isn't the concept or you know yeah like themselves yeah and there was a style guide around it yeah where they said that that has oh okay good like i I can't remember yeah yeah you're good um because so the basically so the card Ashiok Nightmare Weaver from Theros represents Planeswalker Ashiok. Ashiok is androgynous and does not subscribe to the binary, which is kind of complicated because the, the, there's there's this difference between gender presentation and gender identity, um, and also like it does like I will say like the use of binary there like. I think is why people latched on to this non-binary label for Ashiok. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and at the same time, it also feels kind of a little bit like it, it feels like Ashiok becoming non-binary is more of a kind of like, I don't want to necessarily say retcon, but more of like a, societals evolving to understand gender therefore retroactively kind of means that this character fits into this category yep yeah um and it feels less like an intentional choice from the beginning which i I could be wrong on um because they basically they they, they, because they do they kind of make like the they is not a singular pronoun argument, which is like, I, I don't really want to go into that. Um, I Watson's position on that has clearly changed with new characters that we've gotten. Um, 
but it's just it was just a very it felt very um it felt like maybe they were trying but maybe didn't have people yeah. that like I felt like it was that, like a right? dipping like, the toes in the water in mm-hmm. some ways and it's hard to say exactly what the intentionality is because we don't fully know and it's also you know I think as Alex mentioned the style guide right um and it, like that was kind of like the first kind of acknowledgement of it and then it's gone back and it's kind of been like well no that's not really what Ashiok is and as you said kind of this idea of expression versus identity too which is kind of wrapped up in it so we had that yeah i I will i will say that like i find something just like a little bit funny in the concept of like the nightmare magic character um being like like the first like i i like gender non-conforming using not she him pronouns because i like i just like think of this like someone sitting down in a boardroom just like okay so we have this character right like they're a nightmare weaver what can make it more nightmarish and someone just like (laughs) pops up just like what if they just don't have gender and then just like everyone like every cis person in the room is just like this how why and and i just like imagine that like that's i like i'm sure that this is not the pitch right but but i just i just i find it i i have some headcanon about ashiok being the nightmare weaver because not having to subscribe to a gender binary is cis people's nightmares (laughs) and you know what I like it. It's possible. I mean, and, and and legitimately, it's possible that they weren't thinking of it from that angle, but more of a, you know, the monster you don't see is more terrifying than the monster you see. And by having so little of Ashiok known, even a gender is removing knowledge of who this entity is. And maybe that's what they were going for and kind of ham fisting other things because kind of gets to the sometimes it's nice to have not even sometimes that's why it's nice to have diverse people in the room so that people can say hey this is how this might be perceived yeah and i feel i feel like it was i feel like it was a choice specifics for the aesthetics of the character rather than the character being designed around that choice um and i feel like and don't get me wrong i absolutely love Ashiok. Ashiok is like a character that I think looks cool. Ashiok looks badass. I love Ashiok. Yeah, Um, I I mean, I I still to this day want to know what Ashiok was doing in the meditation realm. Like, Ashiok is very interesting. Yeah. Well, and like, even like when I was first getting into magic, like, there's, you you know, there's points like when you're just like as a kid where you're just like, this should have been a sign, right? Um, like when I was first getting into magic, my favorite planeswalker was Ashiok. And this was before I was out yet, right? Um, so my favorite planeswalker was Ashiok. I absolutely loved Ashiok. Um, the Nightmare Weaver, it went immediately into my Atraxa Super Friends Commander deck. Um, one of the first cards slotted in. I, I love Ashok, and I also, and I think that they can be in the future like a source of representation. I just don't necessarily think they were created with representation in mind. Um, which kind of brings me to the Aetherborn because I, yeah. I feel like the Let's Aetherborn. Talk about it. Yeah. That's what we're here to talk about. Yeah, yeah. this is what we're here to talk about. This is the meat potatoes. Throw that kind of attention to Ashok. We had mentioned kind of that. The, the everything around Ashok when when Sheepy Wave was on, we kind of at least briefly touched, and I think that we wanted 
on this episode, you know, when I talked to you earlier, Nathan kind of talked about that. And then we really want to talk about like Yehenny and the yes. Ethers because they're pretty awesome. I, I, I can go on and on and we're just, we're just going to start. So I, I love, I absolutely love the Aetherborn. Um, the Aetherborn, for those who do not know, they were introduced in um, Kaladash, and they have um, three kind of stories where they're majorly um, like prominent. Um, and I'll link the three of those in the show notes so that if yeah. people want um, to go check out kind of the, the main yeah. storyline of Yeheni especially. Yeah, Yeheni is the main Aetherborn that we really follow. There, there is some Aetherborn mentioned in um, other stories, but um, episode five of Kaladash, Born of Aether, is when Yeheni is first introduced. Um, and then episode one of Aether Revolt in the Dead of Night, Yeheni is in that one. And then Yeheni is also in episode nine, Renewal. Um, I am going to be talking about spoilers for Yehenny's storylines and for Kaladash and Aether Revolt. Um, so, warning there. Warning there. Um, I, it's an old story, but a lot of people are new to the lore. A lot of people are new to the game. I really love these stories um, and would highly recommend them for a read. Um, though I will say I don't think that I'm going to say anything that is going to be... If, if, you've, if you've looked at any magic card that mentioned Nicole Bolas in War of the Spark, I don't think you're going to be very surprised at any of the things I have to say today. Um, you know, those are the big plot points story-wise. So, anyways, so the, the, we were introduced to the Bor- uh, Aetherborn in Episode 5, Born of Aether, and what we really learn about them is that they are, they are birthed like basically like full height, whatever, and they know exactly how long they have to live. Um, it can be anywhere, I believe, from like four months to like four years. Um, and we are introduced to Yeheni. Yeheni is a longer living Aetherborn, about four years. Um, and their bodies are made through like this weird kind of refine, like as an aftermath of like Aether refinement processing. Um and as they kind of exist and as they get closer to their kind of like death date, right, they decay, their bodies decay over time. Um, but the interesting thing about the Aetherborn um, is is that all Aetherborn are genderless. All Aetherborn are like born without gender and Aetherborn start off using pronouns they, them. Um, this isn't mentioned in the main story, um, but it is mentioned in the... Um, D&D guide for Kaladash that some Aetherborn do choose to use he, him, or she, her pronouns um, and do choose a gender identity, but um, the majority and the inherent kind of general is just kind of this, they, them. And of, of, of course there is something to be said about human versus non-human representation um the sheepy wave and y'all are sheepy the sheep wave and y'all talked about um and that i will touch on in a bit but um i think so we we get in really introduced to yeheni in this like party right so one of very, the, so like the, yeah. the big thing is it's like the, the aetherborn are very hedonistic because of this like they seek out as much pleasure as they can get in life because they've got this like idea of like four weeks to four years. Yeah. And they know, um, at, at, like they know how they are born knowing how long they have to live. 
Yeah, and, and I'm going to jump in. There, there's actually another – I have a, another quote from that um, plane shift for Kaladesh. At the beginning of the section where they talk about Aetherborn, it says, a day not spent indulging the senses is a day wasted. And as a separate thing, like the the uh, non-binary representation is is great, especially you know, if that's something that, that works well for you, that's awesome. But in, as a story thing, something else that I love the Aetherborn for – is a as a different representation of mono black characters because we get the color pie and the color pie the whole point of it isn't there isn't necessarily a bad color this you know isn't certain houses in a school characters who are black in the color pie aren't necessarily bad it's that they, these are the values that are the most important to them and for the aetherborn that is 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 hobson it's hedonism for them it is indulgence because they know that they only have so long to live and it is moments compared to even you know humans well, yeah. humans are relatively short-lived aetherborn are way short-lived and I, I think the other thing that I mentioned with the um, heathenism of the Aetherborn is that they are all inherently like empaths. They are very empathetic. They have the ability to sense emotions of other people and process them like it was conversation. Um, and one of the stories, I believe it's in the Dead of Night, um, which is the which is the first Aether Revolt story. Um, there's this ta- there's this conversation that happens between Gonti and Yeheni. Um, where both of, where Yehani kind of mentions a couple of times, like, you know, talking between Aetherborn is super different than talking between humans because they have an immediate inherent understanding of each other's emotions. So it's almost like this calm, like they talk and then they send an emotion to like reinforce what they talk and then all of that. It's, it's like this very cool, interesting concept. And later on in Renewal, um, there's like a point where, um, Yehenny's like Aetherborn family, um, like communicates via that. Um, and, and the the other thing that I think um, is interesting, and I I am a young queer, um, but I can't help but notice um, some similarities between um, the Aetherborn and between kind of this idea of um partially like uh like the aids kind of crisis that happened in terms of like this only being like you know when the aids crisis kind of struck there was this idea in the gay community like shit well we've only got you know if you get a diagnosis you've only got x amount of time to live right and then like this idea kind of of okay well let's like party and live it up while we can until we're on our deathbeds, right? Um, and I'm not saying that necessarily that was something that was created like in mind with the eighth of one. Like I don't know, um, but I also see some similarities in that, um, if that makes sense as well. Um, which is not necessarily which is kind of non-binary, also not explicitly. Um, it is something that like I just noticed a little bit especially with like um all aetherborn kind of being inherently like adopted um it's just it's just something that like kind of i guess just came to mind that was kind of a connection that i can't necessarily say that the writers intended but something that like i see and perceive 
I mean, I, I think it's a reading that is, yeah. you know, I don't think, once again, we can talk all day long about intentionality, but the reading of it, uh, undertones of that, I don't think is a is a gross misreading or a yeah. gross interpretation. And, and that's why telling stories can be so important. That's why telling personal and varied stories can be so important, because whether you sometimes you intend to make these connections and that's good. And sometimes you don't, but people still make these connections and that is also a good thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think that, you know, and, and the, the other thing is that, um, so Aetherborn really like one of the big things, like, you know, one of the big moments in like an Aetherborn's life is their death. Um, they like they because because of their hedonism, like they throw a lot of parties and stuff, and they like have this giant giant party um, when they are about to die to like celebrate that because all of them are super like empathetic, right? They will um, like have these huge parties where like everyone's there. I I'm sorry, I feel like I'm not like tying. I meant I meant to like kind of cut that point there and like resume but i don't know if i did a good job of like transitioning <laughs> well we don't worry about transitions no. on this show you don't have that's like that's like the least of our worries uh, as know? a trans like, person i always have to worry about it oh wow that's my job thank you that was really impressive right there see this is why this is why we don't cut those things because they often lead to great moments i mean th- there is this whole oh, idea yeah. around knowing your death is coming yeah means that you know, Yeheni is very interesting mm-hmm. in the sense that Yeheni has an ability to basically steal essence. Yes. And so has to make a conscious decision to, to not die. kill. Well, to die. Because yeah. they could choose not to. They could um, choose not to. And Absolutely. They at one point do, mm-hmm. you know, they're into a situation <sighs> where they do make the decision. Actually, where they're about to die alone, mm-hmm. which is something that is even very... Very taboo in their culture. Like, yes. Not taboo, but like... Sad. Very sad. Because... Because we, yeah. we learned that earlier. There was a, a you know, like, um, mm-hmm. basically, Yeheni was throwing a party and yep. somebody who was dying, they usually throw their own yeah, party yeah, yeah. unless they don't have enough people. And find out it's a, somebody mm-hmm. who just escaped, basically, from, yeah. like, prison. But... Yes. Yeheni then finds themselves in basically the same situation, mm-hmm. about to die, knowing when that it was coming around nobody because oh, there's, yeah. this, there's this whole curfew in place. And yeah. so um, sees a friend that, that, that gets attacked by the consulate, the, the guard, mm-hmm. and they make the decision to – like the, their friend is getting killed and getting like – attacked is going to, to be killed yeah. it's going to be killed and so they yeah. the they conflict still... guard specifically is like yo i'm going to kill your friend yes <laughs> and so yeheni steals that person's essence and yeah. discovers all of a sudden they got 12 more days well yeah and it's it's also really well written in terms of like when they steal the essence of a living person right like they, they've they accidentally killed their friend's dog well hyena but friend's dog um as a kid and they only felt like that life force right but when killing a person um because and and it's never really said whether it's because yeheni's killing a person or whether it's because um yeheni is at the end of their life and therefore it does mention a couple of times that as the as yeheni has aged their um perceptive powers have become even stronger 
Um, and, and I do, so it's never really stated whether it's because of the perceptive powers or whether that, um, but Yeheni simultaneously experiences this exhilaration of their life being restored and this crushing pain of the person's life that they're taking. Um, like it's, and it's like, it's described later on when, um, Gonti like asks Yeheni about it and Yeheni like lists just like all of these like amazing things where it's just like it was like absolutely you know it was like when they introduce someone to someone that will change their life um when they dance under the stars when they close a deal um but then it also feels like you know all of these horrible things at the same time um and it was and it was like uh, both of the times that Yanni kills in the story, it's kind of impl- like it, it is kind of a necessary, right? Yeah, um, yeah. The other time is to yeah. to kind of save the gate watch from being discovered. Yeah, um, and that's like basically the next day. Yes. and so you know we 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 have the situation with somebody like Yanni who um, could prolong, but but the thing is like death is usually to be celebrated and 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 actually yeheni gets that i actually that's the the thing that we get is that yeheni ends up getting that and it's almost like there was a choice which by the way is also great to have in a mono black character because that's another common mono black thing is the the arch lich the you know mages who extend their life because they they fear death or whatever and to have someone you know accept that is and and to say that I think that's great. Yes, I agree. And th- there's because there's this line when um, Yeheni and Apollo are talking in renewal, and renewal is a little bit hard because renewal like it, like starts off with like the Gatewatch storyline, and then like in the middle is Yeheni's storyline, and then right after is Chandra, and then at the very end, literally at the very end, um, there's a little bit more that's tossed on that you'd miss if you didn't catch it, but. Um, there's the um where Depaulus, uh Yeheni's friend, and Depaulus also a legendary creature from the set, says, um, I was worried you would never say that. And Yeheni said like thinks, like, I was supposed I was always a little worried about that too. Like like because there is that temptation of I'm about to cease to exist. You know, like there's this panic of this countdown. I have four hours to live um, and choosing to then say, let's make the best of that four hours, I think is a very interesting interpretation of black where it's just like, I have four hours left to live. Hell yeah. Let's make this the best four hours of my life. It's funny. It almost feels very Rakdos if we were going to go that direction True. more so than just the mono black. So it's great to see this element explored mm-hmm. I mean, oh yeah is, i know we're pretty far off of non the binary <laughs> yeah. and the, the gender expression and everything right now yeah but i just think even the aetherborn in general are are fascinating for this reason i mean even yeah. gante is for, and, i mean and, so and to just throw a linguistic thing in there because i'm a nerd for these things and i love it i love too that they call them the their pen ultimate party which is the word penultimate means second to last or second to greatest, second to final, not the final. 
So even though that's them, their death party, that is their death party. So that can imply a, a, a relationship or a idea about death, not necessarily being an ending or not necessarily being, you know, how a lot of human earth cultures perceive it. Not all like there's, there's a lot that there that celebrate that as the next thing. Yeah. And there, there is a cycle of rebirth in the, um, Aetherborn kind of, um, yeah, this is Henny's first connections with, with yeah, Nyssa. Nyssa is that, um, but the, in Kaladesh, there's this thing kind of called the Great Conduit, which um, is kind of this, um, the kind of, I, I don't necessarily really know how to describe it. And I believe it's um, based off of like, um, like Hindu culture. And I don't want to misrepresent it. Um, so I'm trying to be very careful with my word choice. And, and I also it. think that we can yeah. acknowledge, and this has been said numerous times when yeah. we've seen this, that that is where Kaladesh unfortunately did fall short too. Yeah. So even did. with being careful with your words, there was a lot of falling short when it came to yeah. some of these con- very concepts. And and I think that and it's I think that that's just like a great shame too because it also leads to like these situations where we're talking and it's just like. Yeah, no, like, the, the Great Conduit wasn't really, like, well, super well, like, explained between, besides being, like, this kind of, it's kind of like, kind of, like, if you read, read through the Kaladesh stories, like, the Great Conduit can kind of, like, just come off as, like, the Force um, a little bit. Um, so, yeah, and it's hard to, it, it makes it hard to know exactly what is which, but, like, the, the, the Great Conduit is kind of like the circle of life and rebirth kind of thing from my understanding um and if you look at like if you if at the very very end of renewal um definitely spoiler alert here um nissa connects to like the the ley lines of kaladash and sees an aetherborn being burned uh being burned being born um and when that Aetherborn is born, it's kind of implied to be the reincarnation of Yeheni. Um, like, as the, as, you know, this Aetherborn's family is leading them away, um, Yeheni looks back at, like, this flower that Nyssa is, you know, connected to and says, you have gorgeous eyes, sweetheart. Um, and, like, that was, like, a, that was, like, the first thing that Yeheni said to Nyssa. Um, so it, it's it's also kind of the penultimate because they know that there is like a rebirth and I think that there's like this idea that as one dies one is you know another aether born is born you know the 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 aether is basically re- basically re- and, yeah yeah so we, we we've now gotten into a very good discussion on the aether born I I am very yes. happy with where we are yes I I want to know kind of why. Because you know, you did mention kind of the, the human piece, and and there is something to be said. We've had this come up on a couple of our episodes that have really dealt with diversity. Is kind of that idea of of kind of the differences, and maybe for 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 at least some people, seeing this in human characters within magic versus uh, d- different um, races or different uh, well. Creature types. I'm just going to yeah. go with that. Creature types, because, I think, is a good word for it. When yeah, talking about diversity. Yes, because you know that we 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 you know we had this discussion with the Quan when we talked about Koth. 
Um, and we talked about it a little bit with Megan when we did talk about um, the Aetherborn and yeah. Ashiok. But I do think that, that there still can be a place for people to find some of that. And, and like I think that's why stories are great, as Alex talks about a lot, is what resonates. And I think that something resonated where you, when I gave you open-ended, come on the show, yeah. what do you want to talk about? This yeah. was the thing. Yeah, I... And and I think that what it, I think that unfortunately, um, the way to test the waters a lot of the time with, um, hey, are we gonna lose a profit if we actually aren't, you know, like this white cis male oriented IP, um, is to introduce these like. Eh, well, if you squint at, you know, they might be kind, like, Aetherborn are kind of human, like, Aetherborn's a humanoid, like, how, how is our fan base, you know, it's kind of that seeding, you know, the, the whole Chandra Nissa thing, like, the whole kind of, like, oh, well, and, and I don't, the Chandra Nissa thing's complicated because it definitely feels like some Story people, design at yeah. that point were Th that was a very clear. There was a direction yeah. the story was going that got shifted. Well, and and also it's it's also very kind of complicated because it feels very much like the people writing the stories and the people in charge of lore, um, very much felt like this wanted to happen. And um, if I remember correctly, um, the Greg Weisman um, was the one who wrote the War of the Spark novels, correct? Yeah, that's what I thought. If I I don't I don't want to give him a full clearing. Um, if I remember correctly, there was something that um, was mentioned on Twitter about how he kind of said that he had a different writing of it, and that some people made some edits from corporate, and that um, he thinks that that might have led to part of. So it very much does feel a little bit like. Oh, like a bit kind of this corporate kind of come down and what the f have you guys been doing writing lesbians into our game? You know what I mean? Like, and it's not to give Greg White, like, it's it's just hard because there's never, as humans, we want to like be able to assign the blame and be mad at a person or at a tangible thing. Um, and in these scenarios, the people making the decisions will never be the people that are going to be front-facing and able to you know what i mean we're not going to know who made these decisions um it's going to be someone in the back end that's at an office that's not on twitter that we know of um so it's kind of that complicated thing of well i yeah. think you really hit on the point of that there have been things to test in the waters to the mm -hmm. point where we're starting to get this and yeah. I think that is because it is now profitable or it's not at least hurting profit because as Alex said, you know, um, we mentioned in Commander Legends, right? Like we got a they, them that was on a human character in, in, in the short blurbs that we did, we did the rundown of that. Um, we got uh, uh, the, the two trappers from Innistrad mm -hmm. confirmed as a couple. Yeah. Well, part partners and partners in life and work, I believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, precisely was the wording. Um. So we and then we got you know we get Nico and we get an actual mm -hmm. 
story, we get we get someone we get, that's using neo pronouns in that story. Yes, we get um we get uh, the Norse mythology not being white haired, blonde, blue eyed, yes. everything. So so very that, happy about that. I was I was yes. ready to pull I was ready to pull all my funds away from magic once again. Yeah, but um, so we see that there is potential yeah. that, like you said. It, it has to be profitable. And yeah. I'm going to just acknowledge that from the standpoint of our capitalist society that it has to be profitable. Yeah. There are these ways that maybe toes are dipped though, to see responses mm-hmm. is kind of what I'm hearing. Your, your yeah. Thoughts. And, and I think that it's unfortunate. Um, and I'm also glad to see them now creating characters. Um, if I was to have to guess there was enough public out, Cry when the Chandra Nissa thing happened, and enough people that walked away from the game, and enough people that stopped spending their money on the game, um, that they took a big oh shit. Um, and if you kind of look at things, things didn't really start getting super good again until kind of Caldheim. Um, which is Caldheim is when I came back into the game after seeing them kind of. I, I wanted to wait. To start spending my money again until I saw that the Norse set wasn't what the Norse set could have been, um, but I, you know I think that, um, and I believe Michelle talked about this a bit too. Is Ikoria was kind of disappointing when it came from uh, looking at for Asian representation and the set that was kind of that. I believe Michelle talked a little bit about that. I think Ryan was talked a lot Ryan? about like yeah, yeah, I think it was the it, the kaiju the kaiju theme set was yeah, not very yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that might have been Ryan the brother mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. It it was on that episode. Um yeah, so Ryan talked a little bit about that and I, I don't even remember what were the other sets that came out? Commander Commander Legends did come out in November, but what was the other main sets? I don't Throne of Eldraine, which was very um I mean no 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 like the, the, wrong. Like, the, hey. I got Sir Gwen out of it. I got I got my yeah. daughter's card, so we're good. Yeah. And and um oh god, what's what's the queen's name? Oh god. Um Isn't it is it Rowan? Is it no, no, no Rowan, Rowan is, is one of the twins. Linden. <laughs> Linden. 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 Rowan Linden is one was, of the Linden twins. was good. I, I think a lot of people were very happy with Linden and the representation of Linden. I, I don't know. I it it feel it feels like they maybe just weren't sold on queer representation until the Chandra Nissa yeah. thing happened, and then people got outraged, and then pockets started hurting, and then they kind of started throwing in. But then again, they also mentioned that Rowan and Will were both by in the Eldrin story, so I, I don't know. I, but th- yeah. I don't know. Well, I don't. And know. who knows? Who knows? These and one like, thing to yeah. the one thing that may play a factor too is is development cycles. Like there's story is a little easier to play with a little bit, so you can tweak that a little bit. But at the same time, like an actual set, if they're going to make changes to a set, that takes a year, two years, depending on where the development is in the thing. And, and you know, you look at where the spark to uh, Theros or Kaldheim, uh, you know, that that's in that year and a half ish, two year ish range. Yeah. I, yeah. And that's kind of what I was kind of thinking is, is that that's kind of what I was kind of leading on a little bit with where I feel like, might have been a little bit like uh, gave that two years to kind of be like, but I digress. Um, well, yeah, I mean, because yeah, this yeah. is a side that we've, this is, you know, this is where I think on the show we've struggled to 
to kind of talk about because you, as you said, we took, that was our break. That's when Joe left the show. That's when we had to make a decision on what we were going to do. And when we came back, we have been less lore focused. So this is the types of questions we're always asking. Um, and I think that one of the things that you kind of hit on, I think, was the idea that the Aetherborn are at least humanoid, right? So there's, it, it, it's, it's almost like, like we can explain this away if we need to, but at least they're starting to be humanoid. For you, it sounds like though there was at least something to maybe the, either the, even the pre being yeah. out, the pre being open. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeheni was my like favorite character. And I, again, always, there's always, there's always like the flags. Whenever, whenever, whenever you come out, you're always, you always look back and you're just like, this makes a lot more context knowing things about myself that I know. Um, it's, Yeheni, it's, it's not just, okay, and I guess that this is what, I, I guess I should, I don't know. it's not just, um, like, that Yeheni is, like, kind of non-binary, like, in that kind of realm of not having a gender. It, it's just also they are very queer-coded. They, they are, like, they are very flamboyant. My, one of my favorite lines is right is is the first the let me just read like the first little paragraph that we that we get for Yehenis. I adore getting dressed in the mid afternoon. There's something to be said about preparing for an all nighter in the middle of the day. A level of foresight and preparation that can be lost when attending a last minute party. I'm not dressed from two hours from now. I'm dressing for two days from now. What kind of host looks like a thrown together mess sixteen hours into their own party? Hosts who are failures. That too. Ab, me. That is our first introduction to Yeheni. That is just, if that is not peak flamboyance, um, you know, eccentricity kind of that's been, for better or worse, um, connected to gay culture for a while, I do not know what it is. Yeah, I mean, I would say completely, you read it, it it, it reads, I think, as you kind of said, it reads flamboyant, but not necessarily like stereotypical, like, in a negative way it is very this is that this is that character this is who this character is this character throws the parties they know how to host them they know how to be the good host yeah and and also like this is what is expected of the aetherborn like like you know um it's not like this whole like the aetherborn or some weird like outcasts and everyone thinks that they're too like much this or that no the aetherborn are loved right like they have they have inventors that have statues of them in the statue garden like that's something that's mentioned um in one of the stories and they are you know they throw the best parties and everybody loves like you know it 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 is this kind of like integration and acceptance piece and mixed with this not having a gender mixed with this heavily kind of queer coded um kind of language you know always saying yeheni's expertise quote is like the time for subtlety is over darling like it's let me see let's see is it on yeheni's expertise or is it on yeheni's other cards yes it oh no it is it's on yeheni's actual card ah 
Uh, yeah. uh, I'm sorry, we need to end the episode now where oh. you, you, you got the card wrong, which I we know. have never done on this show ever. I'm, I'm, I am entirely, <laughs> I had like a little bit, like I thought that someone like, that you may have been getting like a heart attack or something. I was like, <laughs> you have to, and I'm just like, wait, are you passing another kidney stone? Like, do I need to call an ambulance? Uh, we, okay? I went we, immediately into mom friend mode. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we literally did have to end a recording due to a, a tornado warning one time yes, when Alex I and I were that. so yeah that has happened yes that has happened i was i was i was i've listened to that episode no okay it's it's on yeheni's own card yeheni's own flavor text is the time for subtlety is over darling like i love it. i love it i love they they are eccentric and flamboyant and they are allowed to be they're allowed to be extra they're allowed to wear all they're allowed to wear their favorite capes like they they have like they regularly wear capes. Who wouldn't regularly wear a cape? Like I would love to walk around with a cape. I like very much this kind of like idea of um just like this like like it's it's very it's it's almost kind of like you know like the it's it's like it's like the um the kind of I, I don't even know how to word it, but like kind of like the kind of like this mixture of you know being able to be this eccentric. Like one thing that resonated to me reading this character as a kid is being able to be this eccentric, being able to be this outgoing. Um, especially as someone who like especially like at younger was a lot more introverted than i am now and now i've who who knows what who knows what i am now um but you know especially as a kid being a little bit more shy having anxiety having depression not like being seeing this of being able to be like oh like you can be like this you can be that and people will love you and in fact like people won't hate you for being like flamboyant and wearing flashy clothes and being eccentric and, you know, doing that stuff. In fact, there will be people that love you and for that. And I have like 1000% like somewhat internalized. Um, like if you catch me in like a really good mood, like in my element, I have 1000% somewhat internalized from being a kid. Like Yeheni's kind of like, confidence of just being able to like talk to people and that kind of stuff so the, so the, the part part of the reason that i really love you heading in the other eighth born is this like personal connection of just like as a kid seeing this and being like i want to be the type of person that puts on a cape and just fingers and talks to people and is fabulous doing it <laughs> i think that whatever it is you know with the eighth born there is kind of a clear this acceptance piece is actually just a huge thing mm-hmm. and I really want to hit on the Henny. Yeah, you completely said Nathan when you when you pitched this, and you and I were talking earlier yeah. today that like we could easily devolve into yeah. talking gender expression versus gender identity, yeah. even. And I think that Henny is a clear example of that. Of like the, these things are are not necessarily even binary. You know, non-binary yeah. is even getting into that idea that mm-hmm. there can be spectrums. That, that there's so much to this with even how yeah. maybe you choose to present versus how you identify. Yeah. 
basically you're coming back for at least one more episode because <laughs> that's like that's that's kind of where we're ending here you know like this oh. is the dipping our toes in the water again of like this is a much deeper conver and bigger conversation that that the aetherborn are even setting up or allowing us to have a lens for i will one thousand percent one thousand percent anytime anywhere Well, we really appreciate you coming on and sharing kind of your thoughts of the Aetherborn and bringing us this, this, you know, it was important to us, like you said, to have that representation on the show, to have somebody that's able to speak to those voices where in a way that maybe Alex and I cannot, but we want to be able to have that conversation and, and learn, I mean, as best as we can. I mean, that's, yeah. And, and of, of course, you know, not non-binary people like any you know, marginalized group or not, you know, a, um, not no one's a pillar. So it, it turns out there's not just monoliths and yeah. pillars in this. We, we found that out with a, a, a few things in the last year. Yeah. Some people have different opinions and that is, um, fine. And of course, you know, if you have a non-binary person in your life who, you know, says things that are different than my things, you should listen to them. Um, and listen to their experiences because their experiences are just as valid as mine. Um, but I guess in conclusion, I guess I, I just want to say that I think that like, if we're just to wrap up the Aetherborn conversation a little bit with a bit of a bow, is that I, I feel like, you know, the, the Aetherborn, I, you know, they weren't the perfect forms of representation. Um, like there was definitely stuff that like could have been human, could have been this stuff. And I also think that like, as a race, there was something that was very compelling to me as a queer and as a non-binary um, person that I really did see a reflection of myself in. And I'm very glad for that and also um, hopeful and pushing for there to be more non-binary representation in the future for Magic Story. And that's our show for today. You can find the host on Twitter. Hotsku can be found at Hotsku. And Alex Newman can be found at Mel underscore Chronicler. Send any questions, comments, thoughts, hopes, and dreams to at GoblinLorePod on Twitter or email us at GoblinLorePodcast at gmail.com. If you want to support your friendly neighborhood gobsmokes, the task can be found at Patreon.com slash GoblinLorePod. Opening and closing music by Vinderdotten who can be found on Twitter at Vindergotten or online at vindergotten.bandcamp.com. Logo art by Steven Raphael, who can be found on Twitter at Steve Raphael. Goblin Lore is proud to be presented by Tipsters of the Coast as part of their growing Vorthos content, as well as magic content of all kinds. Check them out on Twitter at HipstersMTG or online at hipstersofthecoast.com. Thank you all for listening. And remember, goblins like snowflakes, are only dangerous in numbers.